day of the week. The doors being locked where the disciples were for the fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. Christ is risen. Indeed. Hallelujah. And it's all still true. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Now those words that I just read, of course, came from the, the gospel reading. It's always the gospel reading for this Sunday right after Easter. Um, some traditions call it low Sunday. I think it's supposed to be low energy and low attendance <laughs> compared to, uh, compared to the, the highs of Easter. Not so much. We're about the usual here. Uh, fancy people call it uh, a Quasimodo Genity Sunday, which means as it's Latin for as newborn babes, it's always the line of the, the introit for today. We sung it. Normal people, uh, we just call it the, the, second, the second Sunday of Easter. And along with that second Sunday of Easter, again, we get that reading, this reading from John, John 20, where Jesus first appears to the full group of his disciples. Uh, we, we, he appeared to the, the women, or at least the, the angels did, that went early in the morning and the first day of the week, and the angelic greeters greeted them there in the empty tomb. We're told in John's Gospel that Jesus then showed himself sometime later in the day to Mary Magdalene, who at first thought he was the gardener, but... They settled that. And now it's in the evening. It's in the evening of the day where Jesus comes to his disciples gathered. Gathered perhaps in the very same upper room where just a couple of days before they had celebrated the, the Last Supper, what we know it as anyway, the Last Supper, maybe even the, the remnants of that meal, the furniture strewn about. Gathered behind locked doors, we're told, because they are afraid. And they're tired. And they're angry. And they're ashamed. And they're full of doubts. And then into that, peace be with you. Into that, Jesus' first words out of the tomb to these disciples, shalom. Peace be with you. The words we're familiar with around here, we say them a lot. Peace be with you and also with you. In peace, for peace, let us pray. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. We're all about all the pieces around here. Pieces which I hope you could hear. It would be really cool anyway if we could hear all those pieces that we strew through our liturgy as echoes. As echoes of that first peace which came from Jesus' lips, the risen lips of Jesus to his disciples. Peace be with you. Are you looking for some peace? And if so, which one? What kind of peace? For, for what? Well, when I first started looking at this text, I figured I was going to really, really study it, and I would figure out exactly what sort of peace it was that the disciples in that upper room must have been most in need of. I would hone in on that. Then I'd figure out a way to peace you with that same kind of peace, take 15 minutes or so to say it, and then I'd be done. But the more I did that, the more I thought about that, I realized that just, just doesn't work. Because those disciples in that upper room, there was more than just one thing. More than just one thing that was disturbing their peace. Just like you and just like me. For example, maybe you're this tired. <laughs> Not necessarily uh, spiritually, but just physically, emotionally exhausted, drained. 
Last summer, in part of our little family vacation, I think we were in Tennessee. Part of it, we did one of these little river tube trips. Maybe you've done these. You get in a tube at one place and you float down the river. There's little rapids and things. It's nice. You get out and jump off rocks and things. A couple hours down, then you, you get off. And at the spot we, we got off, at the, the disembarkment place, they got this like moving uh, clothesline sort of things that there's a, an attendant there that hooked it to to take it back in. He was 15, 16 years old. Um, looked like he'd been there a long time. <laughs> uh, not the sort of kid that it appeared, not that any kid does, but especially this one, not the sort of kid that looked like he uh, enjoyed uh, manual labor. <laughs> he was just sunburnt and slouched. And so I said, I said, man, how you doing? He looks right at me and he says, I just wish I was making a wind chime. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, he said it like that. I just wish I was making a wind chime. I said, what? A wind chime? He said, school starts next week, and at this time next week, I'll be in shop class making a wind chime. I just wish I was making a wind chime. (laughs) It is pitiful, huh? You ever wish like you could just be making a wind chime? (laughs) It's kind of my go-to phrase. If if you ask me how I'm doing, I'm saying, I just wish I was making a wind chime. (laughs) Ever wish you'd just be done with whatever it is that's exhausting you physically, emotionally, like you've got the weight of the world on your shoulders, like maybe, maybe things will fall apart, fall apart if you stop sprinting full speed. Well, if that's the case, Jesus has a word for you. It's actually four words. Peace be with you. You can relax. Everything will not stop running if you stop running. Jesus is the first and Jesus is the last, which means Jesus was there before you were there and he'll be there after. At the end, he'll still be there and he's there at every single moment in between. You can relax, you can build a wind chive for the job of holding up the world is already taken. Peace be with you. Or, maybe you're angry. Maybe it's anger which is disturbing your peace. Maybe you are angry at someone else, or maybe angry at the world, or maybe you're angry at the world, so you take out your anger at the world not working the way you want it to on somebody else. There's lots of that. And there's a whole lot of that, I'm sure, going on in that upper room with those disciples. Uh, There's a great Lutheran author, he died a year or so ago, Walter Wangren, has a a book, it's called The Book of God. Uh, Ambitious task, it's a novelistic retelling of the whole Bible. And in this particular scene, in this particular scene, right before Jesus shows up, he has all the disciples just going at one another. Peter is pacing back and forth like a wild bull, grunting and snorting, and uh, James the whole time is poking at him. He said, where were you, by the way, at the, while, the, while the crucifixion was going on? And where were you the night before? And cock-a-doodle-doo, and little girls and stuff. And, and Andrew's there in the room. He just said, would you all just shut up and sit down? And James keeps poking, and just at the moment, and Wangren tells it so well, the two are just squared up. They're about to begin, Peter and James, to begin pounding each other's faces in. And at that very moment, suddenly, a beam of blinding white light split the room at the center. And then it was no light at all. But the bright, be- the bright figure of a human standing among them, standing directly between Simon Peter and James. And the, fi- and the figure was Jesus. And he said... Peace be with you. 
You see the specific peace that, that Wangarin imagines there is the kind of peace that two feuding parties need. The kind of peace which does not exist right now between you and someone else, whoever someone else is, the first one that comes to your mind when I say someone else. And what is it that disturbs the peace between you? Now, you might say it's some grievous wrong that I suffered. That might be it a little bit, but I bet a lot of it's envy and jealousy and this being driven crazy, not having the last word. The kind of things that Peter and James were about to punch each other for in Wangarin's telling. Well, if it's anger that's disturbing you right now, Jesus has a word for you. Peace be with you. You don't have to be right. You don't have to win. You don't have to prove yourself and show all the world that you are the right one, that you are the smart one, that you've been the wronged one. Because who you are is none of those things. Peter, you are not James, or whatever James says of you. James, you are not whatever Peter says of you. And none of you is who that one who came to your mind when I said, who's that someone else, says you are. Who you are is a brother or a sister of the risen Jesus. Who you are is one who is in baptism, got stuck to, sandwiched with he who is the living one, who is dead, who was dead, but is alive now, who holds the keys of death and Hades. So with all that, why would you give a flying fig what Peter or James or someone else has to say to you? If you're angry at someone right now, right now imagine the risen Jesus standing between him and you. And peace be with you. But there's two. What about shame? What about guilt and shame as a disturber of the peace? That's actually the place my mind first went when I was just going to hone in on, on one thing. Perhaps, it's, perhaps that's what most disturbed the peace of those disciples. I mean, imagine what they had done, mostly what they left undone, that they haven't stood by the side of their best friend, the one who was supposed to be their best friend and teacher, but who had denied and fled and now cowered in a room. Uh, imagine, imagine the shame in that room, if it was that upper room, surrounded by the constant reminders of everything they should have done but didn't do. Do you have any constant reminders like that? Up until a year or so ago, I had a 2008 Toyota Corolla, which had a, a dent in the back rear fender. I'm sure you all saw it when you went out there and you said, what bonehead put a dent in his back rear fender. If you didn't say that, that's what I said every time I saw it. <laughs> because you see, about uh, four years before getting rid of the car, I pulled in alongside a, uh, a uh, what are these big containers, like the things they put on a ship, whatever you call them, these containers, these boxes. I pulled in, it was on my right, and I fell asleep. <laughs> and then I woke up after my nap and looked to my right and said, oh, there's something there, it must be a car, backed up, not realizing this thing was 25 feet long, cut it, boom! boneheaded, stupid move. And then for the next four years, every single time I'd went out and looked at my car, I'd see that little dent in the right rear fender and say, what a bonehead. What a stupid thing to do. Do you have any dents in your right rear fenders? Things that maybe no one else even thinks of or long has forgotten, um, but you know and you remember and you just can't stop thinking of them, that bring your attention back to them over and over and over. The sharp word, the weak moment, the boneheaded calculation, the missed opportunity. If you're ashamed of that, the risen Jesus 
has something to say to you. Peace be with you. I'm the firstborn from the dead. And I love you. And I freed you. (laughs) Not just forgiven, not just washed, but freed you. I've cut you loose from that old boneheaded sin by my blood. You are a brand new car. And when you get a dent in your fender again, which, if you go out and look at my new car, right rear fender, three weeks after I had my brand new car, brand new to me anyway, backed into a guardrail at the Y. Still there, and it's going to stay there. Not just because I'm too cheap to pay the insurance deductible, but it's going to stay there as a reminder that no matter how many dents I get in my right rear fender, Jesus forgives them all. So exhausted, angry, uh, guilty, shamed. We could go on. Maybe you feel trapped, trapped by life circumstances, locked up, locked down in a box where no one can get you to help. Something interesting about our, our three readings for today. In the first reading, the apostles get sprung from jail. In the second reading, John is in exile on the prison island of Patmos. In the third reading, Jesus comes to his disciples behind locked doors. You know what the conclusion of that is? That Jesus has no trouble getting behind your locked doors. Whatever you've got locked up behind them, Whatever is locking you up or locking you down, making you feel trapped, will peace be with you. Or doubts. How about that? Doubting Thomas. He's not there when Jesus shows up. He's out on a beer run or something like that. Maybe a disturber of your peace is your doubts. Do we have doubts? Yes. Will you always have doubts? Very likely. Is there a remedy for these doubts? Yes, there is a remedy. Behold the wounds in my hands and in my feet and in my side. Saying peace be with you saying it to you over and over again, saying it when you come to this altar to receive the still wounded but now risen and glorified body of Jesus. Peace be with you. Saying it over and over and over to you, finding people who will tell you over and over and over, it's still true, which is another way of saying, peace be with you. So where do you need the peace from Jesus? For exhaustion? Uh, For anger? For guilt, for being trapped, for your doubts, which peace do you need? Maybe you need all the pieces. <laughs> well, if you do, good news, because Jesus has all the pieces for you. For Christ is risen. Hallelujah. Amen.